and you're listening to the What Gives Podcast. Ever since I moved to Chicago, I've heard this name everywhere. It's My Block, My Hood, My City, or M3 as we like to call it. It is a grassroots powerhouse. I mean, I think their official mission is to give underprivileged youth in Chicago awareness and opportunities beyond their neighborhood, but they have done so much more than that. They have raised $1 million for struggling restaurants during the pandemic. They clean up neighborhoods after storms. They do wellness calls and checkups on the senior community. They put up Christmas lights. I mean, they do everything. And I'm super happy to bring you this episode because I currently live in Chicago and I love it here. And I think this organization embodies the heart of Chicago. I mean, it's community-based, it's volunteer-run, it's local. So I am super excited to share with you their story. And I am joined today by the community organizing and marketing leaders of M3, Ernesto and Nathan. Thanks, y'all, for joining me. Thank you, Viv. Thank you. Give a quick introduction. My name is Ernesto Gonzalez. I am the marketing manager here at M3. And I'm Nathan Cordero, community organizer at M3. And I'm also leading our new health and wellness initiative, BlockFit. And I do help out with marketing a little bit myself when I'm not uh, doing community organizer work. Awesome, y'all. So can you start off by telling me about M3 and the heart of the mission? Yeah. You know, our mission statement, you know, on the website and what people know us from is serving youth in disinvested communities. And we work with them through the Explorers program. But that has expanded and we've expanded into other areas. So, you know, when we try to sum it up, we, we like to say what Jamal Cole, our founder, says is helping people no matter what. So we, we work with youth. We still do that over 150 youth every year and growing. But we also do community service initiatives and senior service initiatives. You know, I think Nathan can touch a little bit more on that, but, you know, we're, we're everywhere. You know, when, when there was a, a huge storm up in Rogers Park, we organized a team to go clear the debris, uh, the trees that were in the streets. And, you know, we like to call ourselves like the, the Red Cross of the communities. Uh, we're a small team, but our, our volunteer base is really the heart and soul of this whole organization. How do you gather everybody and gather your volunteers? I think I once got a notification from M3, like, we're cleaning something up. And then everybody just shows up out of the blue, and it's day of. How do y'all consistently organize that? I mean, I think about organization that I always say is uh, we don't let the moments pass us up. We're in the moment. It's a very much a read and react approach. We see an issue arise that we can do something about, and we just jump into action. In terms of uh, gathering volunteers, social media blasts, our newsletter, and just since we are so actively out in the community, people see us and they just want to step in and lend a hand. And I mean, you really get to see what a great city Chicago is when people do actually want to come together and do want to help out and play their part in just making a, the city a better place wherever we can. And that's what we try to do with every opportunity we get. And is that what you were doing today, shoveling out in the single digits? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, we've been doing uh, snow shoveling as an organization for a few years now. And we know that, I mean, shoveling's hard for anybody. I know as a kid, I hate shoveling, honestly. A lot of kids, they like snow. I was always a kid shoveling the snow, so I didn't like it. But regardless, there's like senior citizens all over that need help, people with disabilities that need help, who might not be as, as physically able to shovel themselves. So yeah, today, uh, myself and some of my colleagues were out on the west side of Chicago shoveling homes. Yeah. That's awesome. And who is M3 for? Like, who do you guys take care of? Yeah, how do you find ways to help? Yeah. 
the, the way that we go about it is what is the biggest need right now and how can we act on it? Uh, right now, obviously, you know, we're in a pandemic and our senior community, senior citizen community is definitely the one that needs us the most at this moment. So on a weekly basis, we do PPE deliveries, we do uh, grocery deliveries, and we're picking up again on our senior wellness check-ins with corporate volunteers. So our seniors need us and we're there for them. Technology has helped us make it viable for us to do this across the city and across you know suburbs and even state lines. And as long as there's a, a, a need, we'll do our best to fill it. Yeah, I really like that approach. I think it should be about need. And we see that nowadays how a couple organizations and businesses have actually shifted to meet the needs of the pandemic in addition to their original mission. But I think M3 is actually super quick in meeting the day-to-day needs of just people, you know, and utilizing social media to notify volunteers to show up in the very moment of need. I think that's amazing. There's not a lot of organizations that show up with an army of volunteers after a storm with little to no preparation. So kudos to M3. Do you two still volunteer in addition to your operations work? What do you both do at M3? So I got hired uh, last summer as a community organizer. And for the one block at a time team, that's our community development team. This year we served on 65 different neighborhood block clubs all over the south and west side. And a lot of people don't know what a block club is. A block club is essentially a dedicated group of residents that know their block, they know their community the best, and they gather around and figure out ways to, to better the community. They throw they throw an annual block party. And we come in and we network with all these block clubs, see what they need, see what we can do to help. And then we try to bring in volunteers, both just regular volunteers and also corporate volunteers volunteers to do neighborhood beautification projects, being in the south and west side that need us most and figuring out how, how we can help out. Beyond that, since I do do a couple other things at the team, I feel like it's pretty regular nonprofits. People wear a lot of hats. And uh, just recently, just this year, started doing uh, health and wellness workouts and uh, workshops things of that nature. And that kind of just started with looking at the health disparities in Chicago, especially the communities that we're in the most and seeing how can we make small difference there and try to build the foundation for, for a more sustainable future. Awesome. And for those of you who are listening who want to maybe check out this wellness program, um, you can find Nathan Cordero through M3's Instagram or through his own Instagram. It's, it's honestly <laughs> really cool. And and it's really good for reaching out during these COVID times and doing something more active. Definitely. Yeah. Well, man, shout out to my boy, Nathan, honestly. He <laughs> brought this idea up to me like in November or October of last year. He's a go-getter, and uh, I really love having him on the team. He's helped me a lot. That's awesome. What about you, Ernesto? What's your story with M3? Yeah, I mean, so my, my passion has always been with branding and marketing. I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, the, the popular saying, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, doesn't make a sound. My answer is if nobody sees it or hears it, then it didn't happen. You know, that, that's my way of thinking. And that's the way that I approach marketing. You know, if we don't capture those moments, if we don't capture the work that we do, how can we really explain to people who we are and what we do? So, you know, I have to do anything that has to do with social media, uh, merchandise. You know, we're going to be dropping our spring lineup soon. So, you know, keep a lookout on that one. All the content that we create, videos, photos, and relationship with the press. We're, we're really blessed that the initiatives that we do garner the attention of a lot of people and especially the media. And so I want to make sure that our stories are told right and with integrity. You know, while we're there to serve we're, we're there to serve with integrity, too. So that, that's that's kind of my job. Well, the M3 merch honestly looks so good. I need to go get myself a hoodie. Thanks for reminding me. 
That's really impressive marketing, Ernesto, because M3 is everywhere in Chicago. I mean, the branding looks amazing. Your partnership with brands and different corporations around the city is enormous. People really love My Block, My Head, My City. But I do want to bring it back to when you said telling stories with integrity. What does that mean and how do you ensure that? Yeah, uh, it starts internally first. The, our videographers that we hire, when we start a shoot, whether it's talking with a senior that we're serving, the youth that we work, I always tell them that, hey, well, yes, our job is to promote the work that we're doing. And we obviously want people to get you know, the, the eyes and their attention on the work. We're not here to show pity or anything because that's wrong. You know, we're, we're, we're here to uh, show people what we're doing and telling their story how they want to be told. Oftentimes, I think in, in nonprofit sectors, people want to hear a sad story and there are sad stories and everything, but we're here to uplift the voice of people that don't have the outlets to do. So whenever you see a video about youth or a video, a video with senior citizens or a video about a disinvested block, we do our best to show the, the assets that all of these people and places have. So... You know, I, I try to do my best to make sure that that doesn't lose. I don't lose focus on that because we are a much bigger organization than a lot of uh, the ways that people are usually portraying the work that we do. So it's 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 uh, it's always a, a challenge, though. Yeah, I bet. I mean, even just speaking with y'all, I'm learning so much. Because when you read a mission statement, it's really easy to assume the kind of work you would be volunteering for or the kind of people you'd be interacting with. But I think that's pretty much why I started the podcast, to talk to people about their role in their work, the assets, like you said, and the great stories behind their work. I think empathy can go beyond being sad for somebody, so I think it's really important that you said that piece. What about you two? What do you love about M3? What inspires y'all to continue this work? I guess for me, I'd always known that my entire life that I wanted to do something to, to bring about change in Chicago and just make Chicago a better place. Uh, I grew up and spent the first 18 years of my life here before uh, going to going to college. I grew up on the northwest side of the city, uh, kind of close to like Belmont Craigan area. But where I went to school at for kindergarten through eighth grade was Humble Park. And in both neighborhoods, honestly, I saw a lot of disinvestment, a lot of issues. And I saw it was through the lens of like the Latino community at that point in time. But when I was in like sixth grade, for example, my uh, my homeroom teacher told me I wouldn't be successful. Not just me, though, like all the kids in my classroom. So like I I'd always think about that, like that moment and just other moments I had, because for me, what I realized is when I had that moment, it was her verbalizing what the what the environment honestly was in disinvested communities. Not a lot of people are putting uh, that foot forward. Not a lot of people are showing faith in the youth or, or in anybody else for that matter. So with that in mind, I always wanted to figure out a way where I can use my skills, my abilities and bring that to Chicago in some way. So when I uh, when I finished college and saw the opening for uh, My Block with My City, it felt like a no-brainer. And what stood out to me about the organization was that me as a person, I'm always about how what can you do to take action? I feel like with a lot of issues, people like to talk and talk. And there's there's always going to be disagreements and different ways to go about things. But if we're not taking action, then nothing's ultimately happening. And what I saw with My Block with My City is that they're, they're always on the front lines, always doing something, always putting that foot forward. So that, that's that's why I'm here. Yeah. When I first applied for an internship, I actually had a full-time job. But, you know, I have a political science degree, and I always figured that I would do something to help my community or people that I know in one way or another. And my current job wasn't doing that. I saw an internship post on 
a website and I said, hey, you know, it was it was an interesting experience. The first moment I got in, it was only five employees at the time, plus me. And then, you know, five hours of intern work turned to 10, 10 turned to 20, and 20 turned into a full-time job. You know, M3 is a very different type of organization. First of all, we're, we're, we're like a startup type of organization where we're definitely new, we're growing. But also what I think differentiates us and why I think ultimately um, we're, we're all so happy to work here is because there's no bureaucracy per se in invoicing our opinion in what we want to do. I mean, you name another place where an employee of three months, Nathan, comes up to someone and says, hey, here's this initiative I want to start on on health and fitness and I want to lead it and I, I need, you know, real estate on our social media on a weekly basis. Most people say like, hey, my guy, you know, wait a year before you do something like this. But, you know, I, I came to Jamal a year ago with ideas of my own and he accepted them. So I said, if he did that, I can do this and I can help and we can do more. The more we're passionate about it, the more work we can do. You know, and it's it's been like that since the beginning. I think we hire great people. Uh, shout out to Cynthia Alfaro, our COO. She really does a great job in figuring out who the right fit is. Nonprofit work is, you know, notorious for long hours and and sometimes, you know, draining physically and mentally. But I think the, the good work that we do here really does outweigh all the stress that we obviously do endure. But it's a great organization. We do great work for a lot of people. And we do work quite fast, like you mentioned in the beginning. That turnaround time on volunteerism, I can't think of another organization that can do that. And, and again, Jamal Cole really, you know, he's he's a smart guy. And, and the way that he always told me is like, Ernesto, there's a block and a hood in every neighborhood, in every city. Everybody can connect to us because we all struggle in the same way. It's just different colors. Absolutely. Now, I want to talk about the Explorers program. Mentoring youth is something I'm personally passionate about, and I haven't stopped since I was in high school or uni. So, yeah, I want to hear about that part of your work. Yeah. We're currently working with about 150-plus youth in the south and west sides of the city. And the the schools that they go to are known as alternative schools. So, you know, these are the schools that, the you know, you've been kicked out of a traditional school, per se, for a variety of reasons, maybe attendance, you know, behavior, whatever. And we work with these schools and we just, you know, try to expose them to, again, different opportunities, different jobs, cultures, cuisines. Oftentimes, that to me is probably the most important part, just exposure to different cultures and, and ideas from different people. Through this work that we do, uh, we've noticed that, you know, and we and we gather data on on how they perceive the world before they get into the program and afterwards, but their attitudes and and outlook on life is much different. So the Explorers program, the, the people that work in that program, shout out Nathaniel, Chloe, Lady, Tyrone, Cynthia, we, we do our best to, you know, almost be friends with, with the youth. Because oftentimes what the kids need is a place to be kids. You know, sometimes these neighborhoods don't allow you to be kids. You can't go outside and play 24-7. You can't walk from one block to the next because maybe it's not the, the smartest choice. So, you know, we just graduated our first cohort last summer. And, you know, they, they're all going to different colleges across the country. Um, this year we'll graduate more. And we're starting to support them, not just in high school, but beyond. We actually just launched a scholarship fund for them where we can support their 
their book needs, their tuition needs, whatever they need to, to, to be successful in life. So the I Got You Scholarship Fund has, was just created on Tuesday, and we have it on our fund page. So if you guys want to support, donate there too. Our goal is to have youth that are empowered to make their own decisions. Yeah, I do like what you said about giving them a space where they can be kids. For about five years, I did mentoring, and I realized that when these kids, they get home, they either work or when we ask them what they want for Christmas, you know, they ask for car tires, they ask for pots and pans to cook with, and you sort of understand that they're more serious and they have a lot more to think about um, than a lot of other kids and things that kids shouldn't really have to think about, and, you know, they forgo their studies because of it. So I think it is important that y'all give a space for kids to be kids. These these kids, they deserve, you know, their childhood. Yeah, and I think that's why people like Nathan and myself and Lady and the people that work here at M3, we're, we're a pretty good representation of a Chicago youth. Uh, Nathan has some incredible stories, you know, Lady does too, myself. But we all grew up in a place uh, in time where we were oftentimes, we had to grow up a little faster than most people. And it was those experiences that maybe now you look back, you're like, oh, wow. Uh, I know kids that at my age, they were vacationing in X place and Y place. And I was, you know, helping my dad with work. It, it is what it is. But I think when you start talking with youth and say, hey, I did the same thing you're doing, you know, and obviously there's it's an uphill battle, but you can do it, you know, and and I've learned that a lot from my colleagues myself. My experience isn't unique, but there, there's definitely been some help along the way that really does push you to become a, the person that you that you want to be and reach your full potential. Yeah, kids, they just need someone, mentors that can really understand what they're going through. So I love that your staff, that y'all relate to them on that level. Now, I'll ask a very abstract question, and y'all can take it for what it is. If there was an M3 in every city, what would our country look like? What would the future look like? I mean, I think that's, that's actually an interesting question, because not to get too like deep in thought about the question itself, but me personally, well, I like the question. There's also probably that doesn't like the question. Let me explain why. Because... You know, if we look at the nonprofit industrial complex as a whole, obviously it's important that organizations like us exist, but one would hope that in the long term we don't have to, that there wouldn't have to be M3 in every city. Because ultimately, what I think about a lot of the work we do, we're doing things that, in our case, the city of Chicago should be doing, or we should be funding into our education system, et cetera. And you could apply that to any city, whether it's What's going wrong in Atlanta? What's going wrong in Philadelphia? What, what's going wrong in Baltimore? And why there's lack of funding, lack of access to resources and things like that? So me personally, I don't think that necessarily answers your question, but that's where my thoughts go. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, this, this is why we work together, man. We, uh, we think alike. I always tell my friends, I wish I didn't have a job. Like I really do. I, I wish I was working, you know, in, in a space that doesn't require me to have to help so many people and there's so many people that we can't serve yeah ultimately i think that is a goal that m3 doesn't exist that there is no need for us that you know society and, and cities and states and countries can figure this out because there is a way to figure it out it's just where's our priority that's the question that we should be asking ourselves 
But as long as we're here and how does that look, you know, uh, and referring back to, to our, our founder, Jamal Pro, he, he really does put it simple. It's what's something simple I can do that'll have a positive impact on my block. And when he first told me that, and like when I first started like 2019, I, I really like started to think, you know, we all do little things and to help other people. And it's just about being consistent with them. They can really create a, a change in someone else's life. The shoveling snow initiative is the simplest idea that there could be. We all shovel snow here in Chicago. Whether you like it or not, you have to shovel snow. And when I shovel snow, and before even M3, I always shovel the snow of my neighbor to my left and to my right. They're elderly people. I do that for them all the time. The very fact that we can instill these ideas in mass quantities, you know, I, I think it does connect the human element uh, of helping other people. Um, it makes it mainstream. Who knows? Maybe we'll be in other cities soon. I mean, that would be awesome, though. What y'all said about not needing to exist in the future, I think that's brilliant. I think that's the crux of every organization that is rooted in really helping people and helping communities. The dream is not to have to exist, right? But until then, I would love to see initiatives like M3 all around the country, um, I think our industry, there is a shift in the word sustainability, and it doesn't mean to grow as an organization so much anymore or keep it alive, but it really means to sustain impact. So I, yeah, I think that's, a, <laughs> I think that's a great answer and it's, yeah, the ultimate goal. So I want to talk about you two as well. You know, what inspires y'all to do this work? What inspires y'all in general? That's actually an interesting question for me. Um, something I've realized more and more, especially in the past year, uh, in terms of quote-unquote inspiring people, I think it's such a, when you, when you say it out loud, it's such a daunting thing, like, oh, what inspires people? But what I've kind of realized more and more is just like showing up, do, doing what you do every day. So for me, for example, everyone knows that, oh, I'm a, I'm a health and wellness person, I'm a fitness person. It's like, oh, Nathan posted his Apple Watch picture of him burning like 400 calories at the gym and he did that the last like seven days this week. Oh, Nathan's at the gym doing this. But then you get like small responses through social media like, oh, because you, I decided to work out today or oh, because you, I decided to do this. Or, you know, me personally, I like to take a step further. I do a lot of like healthy cooking and things like that and just focus on nourishing the body as best as I can. So people ask me questions on how I could like make healthy dishes, how I could do this, how I could do that. And then you realize the effect you actually have on people without even trying, especially with the power of uh, social media, where you, you post it, people ask questions, you inspire them to, them to do this, inspire them to make this change with their life. That's, that's what most people know me for on a personal level. If you guys have noticed, I'll be laughing sometimes. It's because uh, my brother and my mom, are walking by and they'll make me laugh and that's actually what inspires me my, my parents really do i'm just like imagining them like breathing down your neck right now <laughs> and you're just like yeah what inspires me is <laughs> i'm just kidding my mom actually walked by and i told her i had a call here and she's like oh yeah for sure and then she walks by and then does a goofy face and... <laughs> but honestly yeah for, for me my inspiration and in, like on my day-to-day -day is it's it's my parents and the work that they do uh, they're both immigrants from Mexico, and I, I make it a, a priority on myself to know as much about what they do, like in their work. And I, I always go to work with them at least a week out of the year. My dad is a trucker, and I went to work with him over break, and it sucked. It sucked. You know, he, the man wakes up early, he does long hauls, and, you know, it's cold. And to me, it's like, okay... 
you know, they, they definitely have sacrificed a lot. So how can I better prepare myself and better prepare for the future of whatever I will be to become hopefully a source of pride for them? They, yeah, they're, they're a huge part of my life. And, you know, they're great people. So that's, that's my inspiration. Ernesto, I love my family too, and they're my ultimate inspiration as well. And I think being a kid of immigrants, it's just such a big part of your life. Yeah, it's a big source of inspiration, so I can completely relate. Now, before I leave off, I do want to ask, what's next for M3 and how can we all help? Yeah, Ooh, what's next? What's the Friday? Yeah, everything's going to change by Monday, but, you know, we, we definitely have some, some great stuff coming up. First of all, I always got to, you know, let everybody know we have our I Got You Scholarship Fund. Again, we're trying to, you know, help our youth that were, were working in high school all the way until they finish college. And we want to have this as a staple here at M3. So if you guys have a couple of bucks to donate, go to formyblock.org. It's in the front page. If you want to find other ways to help, buy, buy yourself a hoodie, buy yourself a T-shirt. We have some really cool designs. We're going to be dropping our new line in April. So buy merch. It supports us. You know, all the profits go right back to to the organization. And, uh, yeah, and Nathan? Yeah, I mean, right now, I guess more so on the development side of things, where we have a lot of potential for exciting partnerships with different corporations coming up. You know, after last year, the growth we had, now now we're kind of in a spot where more people are coming to us and we're and what that allows us to do is bigger projects in the community. You know, we did like a playground restoration project once last year that I was a part of. We might be able to do bigger projects like that on a more regular basis. Some come pretty soon. So just keep your eyes open for that. And beyond that, we are, as I've been saying uh, throughout the podcast, t- taking a bigger leap into health and wellness in Chicago. You know, looking at the disparities in Chicago across across the city. I said uh, the other day, uh, according to research, people in Streeterville live to be 90 years old, but people in Inglewood live to be 60 years old. It's a 30-year gap in life expectancy, and we're trying to figure out ways to we can reduce that gap. But not only that, we're, we're really trying to do ultimately is bring health to the community. It looks a little bit different right now with, with COVID still being in play, but for now, you know, virtually, go to go to My Block Mode My City, go to our Instagram page at My Block Mode My City, Every Saturday, we're doing something for something in terms of health and wellness, whether it's an exercise class or a workshop. And uh, pretty soon, we hope to be actually in the communities we serve, doing doing bigger things as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, y'all. I'm super excited for what y'all have in store. And yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was so nice to talk to you both. enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. For more information, head to our website at whatgivesproject.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.